My name is Patricia Burgess. I am a bankruptcy and restructuring partner with Ross Brown Todd and the Special Projects Lead for the Emerging Industries and Technology Committee of ABI. Last time, we talked about the background of crypto, what it is, and how does it work. If you haven't, I recommend you listen to episode one. Today, we want to spend a little time talking about how the wall is or is not developing to meet the unique aspect of crypto assets. I am pleased to introduce my partner, John Wagster. John leads the firm's technology industry team and digital assets subteam. He focuses on technology-related commercial agreements with a particular interest in blockchain technology, cryptocurrencies, and the automotive space. He also has unique experience helping companies forge cross-cultural contractual agreements around the world using industry best practices and Western-style contracts. John represents scores of clients across the blockchain ecosystem, including issuers of digital tokens through initial coin offerings, providers of distributed applications, cryptocurrency hedge funds, exchanges, consultants, and marketers. Finally, John has extensive experience handling complex cybersecurity incidents and serves as chair of the firm's China desk. Also joining us today is my partner, Jared Tully. Jared is a litigator and bankruptcy practitioner in FBT's Charleston, West Virginia office. Jared serves as the vice chair of the firm's business and commercial litigation practice group, and he serves as the leader of the firm's financial institution subteam which focuses on all issues related to banking and financial institutions. In addition to Jared's commercial litigation and bankruptcy practice, Jared has been working on insolvency cases involving cryptocurrency and advising clients navigating exchange insolvency. Additionally, Jared has been addressing and litigating smart contract disputes involving token ownership and application of smart contract protocol. Thank you, gentlemen, and welcome. It looks like there was also a recent New York Supreme Court case that addressed service process in the crypto space just in January of last year. Um, maybe, Jared, you could tell us a little bit about that case and, and give us some examples of why this might be of interest. Sure, I'm happy to. This, this is the case that John referenced uh, in which the court allowed service through an NFT uh, that that court was looking to recover uh, a portion of about eight million dollars in digital assets that had been uh, stolen through a hack um, exchange. The court um, noted that there was some um, that there was there was a number of uh, the, these digital assets had been recovered, but they needed to issue a, a, an injunction and a, and a restraining order against the hacker as part of that process in order to recover. Uh, final bits of uh, that those digital assets. So the court allowed uh, service through an NFT, uh, which was, I believe, the first time back in January of, of last year. Uh, and the process w w was fairly simple. They just dropped the NFT um, into the blockchain address with a hyperlink to the court documents. So it really is, it was a pretty fascinating example of, of court's uh, trying trying to ad adapt traditional legal uh, processes to 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 really attack a, a world that they just never uh, the, the, the the tool the, the, the traditional tools were not equipped to handle um, the, the 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 challenges of the the blockchain market. Did we see any situations where 
a DAO itself feels the need to pursue or might want to pursue legal action, whether it's against a particular holder or someone else to where the courts have recognized they're not they're not as you said they're not a legal app they're not a legal entity that's you know officially forward have we seen any any law in that space uh, i'm not aware of DAOs taking legal action but there have been a number of DAOs, and we represent some of them who have created legal entities in three states you can create a DAO that has a legal formation in tennessee and uh, wyoming and vermont i believe you can create a DAO llc so why would somebody do that? Most DAOs under common law would be considered general partnerships, most people believe. And in a general partnership, each partner is responsible for liabilities brought on by its other partners, by the other partners. So if you have a DAO with 10 million people and one of them is really stupid and does things that are, you know, ill-advised or, or break the law, then those other 900 however many million people are responsible for the actions of that individual. And, and folks don't like that. So it makes sense that they would want to put a legal liability blocker, an LLC entity around their DAO, so that each member is not responsible for the liabilities of the other members. That's the good news. And that, and that happens and, and it works in many cases. The challenge is that that sort of runs against the mindset of DAOs because DAOs are created because they want to be anonymous. And if you're putting yourselves on the record as a legal entity, first off, there has to be some individual who signs up for that. Some individual member of the DAO is taking responsibility for setting it up. So if that individual sets it up, that means that all the actions of the DAO or any problems associated with that DAO or anybody who wants to serve that DAO including any sort of bankruptcy practitioner, the only individual's name they have is the guy who set it up. And who wants to be that guy? Not surprisingly, not many. So of those who set it up, we generally use a formation, something like, you know, appointing somebody as a tax member for a corporation or a DAO, and that individual is responsible for, uh, you know, interacting with authorities with respect to taxes and for no other purpose. Now, will that hold? We're not sure. It hasn't been tested yet. That's what yeah, I think. That kind of leads to, to, I think, the next good topic that I, I think people will be interested in. Something this good can only last for so long until the government decides that they need to put a hand in and address issues that are popping up in some of these bankruptcies. So, you know, now that we have crypto and it, it is an asset, if the individual files or as we've seen with the exchanges filing, what type of asset is it? In the U.S., cryptocurrency is property, and it's tax-like property. Um, so that's the type of asset it is, period. Personal property? Personal property. I mean, I can make up scenarios where that wouldn't make a lot of sense, but that's that's how typically um, courts and the government treat digital assets. So security, commodity, currency, where does it fall on that spectrum? Uh, so that's an individual analysis. For each token, each cryptocurrency, um, there are, generally speaking, three uh, governmental re regulators that we look out for in the crypto business. Um, and the question is to ask, is that cryptocurrency a security under U.S. law? Uh, is it a commodity under U.S. law? 
or is it subject to U.S. financial regulations? By financial regulations, we mean everything from OFAC checks, Office of Foreign Assets Control. Um, is it a money services business under federal law, or is it a money transmitter under the laws of the individual 50 states? Uh, and do they have to comply with counter-terrorist financing? You know, are they subject to FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network? Um, and, and that really is a, those are all analyses that come under the Bank Secrecy Act that apply to financial institutions. And that is deemed to apply to all cryptocurrencies as well. So those are the, the different regulators. Uh, the SEC has been much more aggressive than any of the others. Uh, and if you read the papers, you know that. Uh, just last week, they brought large enforcement actions against two of the largest exchanges in the world. Um, and they have been very open about their view on what they believe is a security. And their view is that most cryptocurrencies are securities. Not surprisingly, the cryptocurrency community disagrees uh, vehemently. Uh, and I think the cryptocurrency communities are correct. There are, the SEC has only gone off collectively in the history, probably 60 different tokens out of the 20,000 plus that have been issued. Um, and the complaint against the SEC is not so much that they're, it's how, it's, it's not so much what they think, it's the way they're going about enforcing it. The SEC has not put out any guidance on what they believe is security or not. They just say, we think the guidance is clear. We think the existing law is clear. And so they're really, they're governing through enforcement actions. Enforcement actions are large lawsuits, uh, you know, they're very expensive to defend. So practically speaking, there are very few cryptocurrency protocols or individuals who have the money to defend against an SEC complaint. Um, some companies do. In fact, both of the companies that the uh, SEC went after last week, Binance and Coinbase, have vowed that they are going to fight. When the crypto community hopes that they will, not necessarily so they'll win or lose, because we want clear laws. We want to know, is the SEC correct when it says most cryptocurrencies are securities? Uh, I don't believe they are. And a lot of law firms, including mine, have spent a lot of time parsing the definition of a security putting it in a digital asset context. And we advise clients on whether or not their token is likely to be considered considered a security in a court of law, not by the SEC, but in a court of law. Uh, and that's a lot of the work we do. The CFTC, the Commodities Future Trading Commission, also has jurisdiction over most tokens, but they have not been nearly as aggressive uh, in the way they have asserted it. Uh, having said that, just last week, the SEC, excuse me, the CFTC made the first claim against a DAO, claiming that the DAO was operating as a, uh, they were selling futures uh, and derivatives in violation of CFTC guidelines. And they got a summary judgment that the DAO was in fact a person for the purposes of the law. Uh, so that's the first case that I'm aware of where a DAO was actually brought the court and somebody in and said, okay, yes, you are responsible. You are a person as the court. So the CFTC is playing a, an increasingly large role. Uh, there's a lot of jockeying going on around uh, last year. President Biden uh, asked all federal agencies to come together and issue a report on the way they thought secure, uh, excuse me, cryptocurrencies should be regulated and various agencies have participated that and it's a, uh, can't think of a polite term for it. It's a uh, 
challenging at best for them to, to do it. Uh, and there are a number of legislative initiatives that are going on now um, with respect to cryptocurrencies and stable coins, which is a type of cryptocurrency that mimics a usually the US dollar or a particular asset. Um, and those regulations are in flux. Uh, I think all of us agree that not a whole lot of legislation is going to pass uh, in our current political atmosphere. Uh, so cryptocurrency protocols are sort of sitting on the sidelines waiting for something to happen. And the biggest challenge is that because US other countries and regions like the European Union and, and Britain and many crypto-friendly jurisdictions have passed regulatory frameworks. Uh, they have authorized cryptocurrencies to operate. And so many U.S. companies and foreign companies operating in the U.S. are pulling out of the U.S. and they're setting up entities in other jurisdictions. Uh, that might be good for crypto community globally. It's not good for the crypto community in the U.S. As we're losing out on some of our key advantages, or we're losing some of our technologists, and we're losing you know, what many of us believe will be the future of technology, blockchain-based. Depending on so obviously it's it's each cryptocurrency is identified uniquely as to whether it's a security commodity currency. How 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 is that implicated in the bank in a bankruptcy situation? So if a if a particular token is a security, then there are legal rights associated with it and there are legal obligations that are imposed upon the creator of that token. So if I'm a bankruptcy practitioner and I have custody of a token that is in fact a security, I have a lot more rights in that token than I do if I have just a regular digital asset that's not a security. Because that secure, if it's a security, then the issuer of that token has to have complied with a number of laws uh, and uh, you know, filing deadlines and whether they are operating, whether they're registered uh, or whether they're operating subject to a valid SEC exemption. Uh, and any of the violation of any of those laws could open up a potential claim against that issuer by the bankruptcy trustee or a bankruptcy practitioner. So it's important that you know that. Uh, there are not very many tokens that have been considered securities in the U.S. So practically speaking, uh, at this point, that's going to be, you know, it's a relatively small use case. Uh, but we expect that to change uh, as the definition of a security becomes more and more clear. That will be something important that bankruptcy practitioners need to understand and know. And the same if it's a commodity. If it's a commodity, there are certain obligations and rights that commodity holders have under the CFTC uh, that holders of regular digital tokens don't have. So uh, it's possible we could see, as we're seeing more and more bankruptcies evolve with cryptocurrency, we could see some of the debt or excuse me, creditors or even some of the trustees maybe taking positions siding with a particular currency is a security or it's or excuse me, crypto is a is a currency or it's a security because obviously that would improve their rights. We absolutely could. In fact, we're seeing that already. If you look at some of the complex bankruptcy that's going on uh, in the FTX collapse. Uh, there are many different creditors committees uh, and they're arguing about which tokens are what, who they belong to, and where the rights stand. So yeah, there's very sophisticated arguments that are going on. Right now, there's a limited number of practitioners that are involved in those. Um, but I think that's going to expand as we continue to see more and more protocols go under. No, it isn't likely that some of those arguments are going to shift and change depending on the value of the, the particular token at issue. Uh, for example, if you're dealing with a, an avoidance action or preference action, 
you've got uh, if you have a commodity, you're gonna you're gonna have the the value of that commodity on the date of the judgment. Uh, if it's determined to be a currency, then they could potentially get the value at the date of the transfer as the, the, the fluctuation in the market could impact what arguments are necessary to be made or beneficial to, to a state or to a debtor or to a creditor. Like that's exactly right, Jared. And even more, I'm not a bankruptcy specialist, but you know, what sort of fiduciary duty does a bankruptcy practitioner or, or a trustee have when they take custody of a digital asset? Do you have the duty just to take it? and accept it for whatever value it has right now? Or do they have an obligation to maximize its value by allowing it to continue to stake and earn interest or to back, uh, you know, to uh, to make sure it's properly collateralized if it's in a loan position? Um, those are all questions that we don't know the answers to yet. At least I don't, uh, but I'll be curious. As bankruptcy evolves around crypto, I think those are the questions that will be asked. You know, there, there is at least one case um, from 2016 from the Northern District of California uh, unfortunately, the order is only two pages long, but it addresses uh, the, the issue of whether Bitcoin are uh, a commodity or, or currency. Uh, and that court, and as I said, what is unfortunately only a two-page order, uh, said that, that the court does not need to decide whether Bitcoin are currency or commodities for the purposes of fraudulent transfer provisions of the bankruptcy code. Rather, it is sufficient to determine that despite uh, defendants' arguments to the contrary, Bitcoin or not United States dollars. Uh, now, unfortunately, as I said, it's two pages. We don't really have any analysis behind that, but it's at least an indication of where courts were willing to go back in 2016. Obviously, the industry's changed quite a bit, uh, but the, the, these arguments are going to be pretty fascinating as, as we see more crypto-based asset bankruptcies. It's pretty accepted law that Bitcoin is a commodity. Um, that's it's widely considered it. And even the SEC just not gone after anything to do with Bitcoin because they believe it, it's, they have acknowledged uh, some commissioners in their private speeches have acknowledged that Bitcoin and also Ethereum, which is another extremely large and well-known cryptocurrency, uh, are commodities and should not be considered securities. Uh, the current commissioner of the SEC is actually trying to walk that back. He thinks Ethereum actually might be a security now because the consensus protocol that they've used has changed. Um, and you know, really that's window dressing. Uh, those big coins uh, have been largely left alone because they're so big, it'd be very difficult for the government to impose action on them. It's the smaller coins uh, or tokens or cryptocurrencies uh, that the government tends to go after. And they do it on a case-by-case -case basis when they want to set an example to either encourage or prohibit some specific type of behavior. It is fascinating to see how the law and lawyers are adapting to meet the novel issues that crypto and assets present. Next time, we will discuss how the unique characteristics of crypto assets impact fiduciary duty, a foundational concern for all bankruptcy practitioners. We hope you'll listen in.